Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Left Turns and Loud Noises, episode 116. We are recording on February 20th, 2023, one day after the Daytona 500. I am your host, Anthony Dietrich. I am joined, as always, by my uh, partner in crime. I almost said former partner in crime. My partner in crime and the former mayor of Danger Bay, Kevin Costello. What's good, dude? You know, I'm a little bit surprised you uh, you didn't have a commercial break in the middle of that intro, Anthony. I was. <laughs> oh yes, I'm sorry. It's left turns and loud noises powered by Rogue Media, episode 116. <laughs> you you got me on that one, Kevin. But I'm doing good. Yeah, another uh, another speed weeks down. Lots of lots to break down, but uh, glad to be here for it. Perfect, perfect. We also have former ghost in the building. Nolan Sutton is in the house. What's good, Nolan? What's up, everybody? I'm excited to talk about some Daytona 500 action with you guys. Yes, sir. It was a very, very good race. And we, because it was such a good race, because it was such a fun weekend, we also brought back someone else. We have the former president of R-NASCAR on Reddit. Jeremy Methfield is in the building. Jeremy, what's up? Not much. Happy uh, belated Daytona Day. Happy <laughs> President's Day to us all. Yes. And uh, technically, I'm not in the building. I'm in a vehicle driving home from work. Perfect. Happy Monday well, to us all. Happy Monday. Happy day after Daytona Day. Did we all have a good Daytona Day? I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That better than Stuart Haas, for sure. <laughs> better than a lot. Better than JRM did on Saturday, too. I can say that. Just let, let's get started. First of all, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is a Daytona 500 champion. Round of a flaws them and even with this new mic i don't think the claps come through the mic just get a clap hooray (laughs) hooray yeah i'd give him a clap are you kidding yeah i I don't know i my my thoughts on the end of that race were i I think no okay i let me say this he's definitely deserving winner but i can't help feel like all of us uh and whoever wants to chime on this next, but I, just the ending, like it, it was shaped enough to be, you know, like Brad Kay versus Kyle Busch, this awesome finish between these two new, newish teammate combinations. And then Stenhouse said no, or not that it's bad, but then ending out of caution, I was like, man, kind of felt like a little bit of blue balls, but at the end of the day, really happy for Stenhouse and that 47 team. 
I feel like with that battle that was going on there, they threw that caution very, very quickly with the uh, Suarez spin, in my opinion. It, it played out in their favor because he got stuck in the grass, but I mean, the second he got sideways, they threw that caution. They were They were almost begging for a caution for some reason, even though the racing was very, very good at that point between KB and uh, Keselowski. And because they hadn't wrecked enough cars yet. Yep, the Tony to Stewart wreck, method. They had to re-rack them. <laughs> they, 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 they couldn't put him in a figure eight, so they had to re-rack him. And, and pretty much, once again, Kyle Busch, I would say screwed out of another 500. I, I'd, I'd say screwed out of. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He, he, um, at the front with like, it was what, three laps to go before yeah. Suarez like spun. And it was like, it was turning out to be like the perfect Cinderella story. And it just, once Suarez spun, it just took the, the wind out of the sails on that one. And I don't know if, uh, Kyle Bush and Daniel Suarez are going to be uh, too friendly to each other after this Daytona, given what happened at the duels. And then also mm-hmm. that spin that basically, pretty much almost cost him the uh, Daytona 500. I don't really blame Suarez for the spin. It, it was really him and Pastrana getting into it more on Pastrana pretty much. That's true. There. But, I mean, you can't really get mad at the, the, the car spinning. I would probably be more annoyed with NASCAR itself for throwing that caution very quickly. And if Kyle, and he probably did go back and look at it, you know, when he was in the lead at that point. You know. and, and another thing is, I, I feel like the Chevys just were terrible at pushing each other because on that restart him and um austin dillon got separated because uh kyle bush got loose and so did austin dillon kind of accordion the field and that's how austin dillon ended up getting into that uh second big one yeah i, I know kevin harvick made a comment actually after the tyler reddick wreck that happened earlier in the race and he said that uh the chevrolets and the toyotas were just super difficult to to push and yeah it, it showed it's I think whatever they did to change the cars over the offseason, it's definitely affected Chevy the most. Well, I mean, obviously affected Chevy the most, but it definitely looks like it's it's negatively affected Chevy the most. A win's a win. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you look at it that way with Stenhouse, a win's a win. But it wasn't a Chevy. Was it, who was pushing him at the end there? Was it a Chevy? Uh, Bell, was it Larson? It was Bell. It was Bell, yeah. Big shot oh, into turn one on that last lap. But Larson was the one who went with him on uh, the backstretch on that. I think it was that first overtime. Yeah, which, what a move on that one. That was, man. And that was a great move. Dude, I thought Logano was going to just absolutely kill the entire field because like, as soon as Senhouse moved, I was like, uh, Logano's got to go with him, right? Yeah. That's just unbelievable. Only Someone said this I, I in my Discord I talked to um, when I watched these races. They said that Logano is an absolute madman out there, but Senhouse is his equal in that regard. Like he he balances out Logano's insanity on on the plate tracks, and I have to agree because I mean when you put the two of them together, that's the, that that's the outcome you get pretty much. Is they were balancing each other out, and it was awesome to watch. Overall, boys, how would we how would we rate this five hundred as a whole? Methy, let's start with you. I'd say it was uh, above average to good. I enjoyed it. I found it entertaining. I loved the uh, green flag runs at the start, watching the strategies, watching them move from the uh, the bottom line, double file for 20 laps to single file, moving up to the top group, watching them come to pit in groups and manufacturers and the random Ford of Kevin Harvick, like, I'm a Toyota now, just to pit with them. It was, the strategy was there, the racing was there, and it 
you said it earlier. You just kind of left got left the blue balls at the end because the uh, the perfect storm was brewing between the RFK cars and uh, RCR cars coming to the finish. There, it was just building to be an instant classic, and it did not turn into an instant classic. It was good for Ricky Senhouse. Congratulations to him and his team, but he could have still ended up winning it if it had gone green. But we'll never know. But overall, I was entertained and I enjoyed it. We'll never know on that one. I, I, I think it was like a seven point eight. It was like Matthew said. It was very cool watching them pretty much race in the beginning without any cautions, no incidents. Um, fun to see the strategies. They got separated, like spread out for a little bit there. And honestly, I thought at the end they get spread out too much, and it was a it was easily a Ford win at that point. And <laughs> prove me wrong. Those cars were, and they get about like five to eight cars like Clint Boyer said together, man, they are hauling. No one would them Yeah, so I, I would I would vote eight out of ten. I'm gonna go a little bit higher than you, That's Anthony. Playing the price is right on yeah. me. <laughs> and the reason why is because you know normally when we go into these super speedway races, you expect it to be chaotic and tons of wrecks, but this race wasn't that way until the end. Yeah, we had a wreck in stage two, um, but it was stage one was relatively clean other than Bubba hitting the wall. You had stage two. You had that one wreck that took out a couple of drivers. But I mean, if you think about it, 25 laps to go, we were going into a pitch strategy type of situation about mm -hmm. which driver was going with what manufacturer and and playing it out from there. And that's actually kind of what caused that wreck is because everybody was just kind of forming back up and one driver, I don't know the exact driver had a run and that's what started the chaos. But overall, I really, really enjoyed it. As I mentioned before, you know, no offense to Ricky because he's a great super speedway racer um, because he's, you know, he's won a couple already, but you know, taking the win out of the sales a little bit just because, you know, Cinderella story, but also uh, the racing was just so good and it would have just been amazing to watch that play out. And then, you also, I thought that Joey Logano won too. So all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, Joey got it. And then it's just like, no, nah, it's Ricky Stenhouse. And you're like, well, I mean, good for Ricky, but it was, I don't know. I just, I didn't get that like excitement when he won. And even though I, I have no disdain toward Ricky Stenhouse, I like him. It was just like, it didn't feel special. Yeah, I, I, I could, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. For me, my, my thoughts are, if I had to give it a rating, I'd say like like a 7.2. Like the strategy, I mean, the fact that we got three green flag pit stops in, in one race where Rare. we have stages is incredible. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed watching the blends, even if we didn't get to see a couple of them due to the commercial rigs and whatnot. Yeah, um, the, the commercial 500. Yeah, but it, it was very fun watching um, how that run out. I know we referenced earlier the the last stage. I was texting a buddy because I told him to to put his money on Chevy winning earlier. And he was like, hey, they're not winning. And I said, well, if this goes green, they're going to be good on strategy because they can pit later, therefore lose less time on pit road, and they'll probably cycle out in front. And sure enough, that's what they did. Uh, so it was fun to see that play out. The racing, I don't recall seeing that little of three wide on a plate track in a while. 
I feel uh, like they were three wide for a good amount there. I feel like that's they they've had much more races with less three wide. Last year I felt like had less three wide. Respectfully, I might have just missed it due to not it not being on TV because I was too busy watching another Bush beer ad. That's um, fair. I got to watch the commercial free <laughs> broadcast. But I I mean I was definitely enthralled at the end. So decent. I guess overall, mm. I think in the grand scheme of the 500, we're going to look back and say, yep, yeah, that was a race. Um, longest ever, mind you, 530 miles of the Daytona 500. Didn't feel um, that long. It didn't, just because there was so many green flag runs. Yeah, sure exactly. It was, it was really nice they got. It was getting to the finish really quickly, and then, as per usual, it just all starts going to shit. But um, like 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's sometimes just how it is, you know. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, I I, I want to take this moment to address that I think that Eric Almirola is the first person on my list of drivers that eat concrete for breakfast because Eric Almirola was fucking munching on concrete before this race for that move that he made on the last lap. I, I just, you know, it's really... I, I, someone... My buddy John Palmieri posted on Twitter, and I agree. Like, it's really dumb when people who are, like, five rows back of the lead think they can make a winning run back there. It's like, no, you kind of, your ship has sailed. Like, you can try and get up there, but driving through someone at full speed when they're not going is not going to win you the race. You're going to just wreck everyone else and, like, ruin a bunch of other people's good days. Agreed. So, Eric Almirola is officially on my list of people that eat concrete for 2023. We also you need don't... to give a shout out to, to Mepi, and you can take him after this, but for yeah. being in the playoffs through the Steve I made the playoffs! <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that. I genuinely cannot believe that you got that. And you picked after the race started, too. I couldn't remember my password. I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's hacking, and that's like the first bonus points of the year. You get like 10 bonus points on the picks already. Which honestly, Bethy, your picks were pretty. We're looking pretty rough there in the beginning, and they kind of, kind of survived enough. Them. They survived. They survived enough. enough. Exactly. Blaney came back for a top ten. I'm, I'm I can't believe that Blaney finished in the top ten with that car. Yeah, he had absolutely crazy. no business being there. It was great. Like the top ten of this race was wacky. Like um, AJ Allmendinger was as as high as first, as low as twenty first on that final run to the finish. It felt like he was everywhere but the the winner circle at the end of that race. Um, uh, Blaney got into an accident. Chastain, I felt like, was everywhere. Herbst got a top 10 in his first career start. I just, where the hell did he come from? I hate it. He's, I literally hate I, it. I, I, dude, it's because Stenhouse won. That was one of my favorite Stenhouse schemes that he was running. And, of course, nice. he gets a top 10 running it. So, Sorry, enough, he's but, punching the air right now. <laughs> Sten, uh, Pastrana, in his first ever start, 11th, almost had a top 10 finish. Like, Zane Smith finishing 13th. Cody Ware with a top 15. Two Rick Ware cars in the top 15. Good payday for them. I need that. Great payday. I, I got to say, even though he finished in 16, Corey LaJoy looked awesome. Um, you know, he's he, he is really he was really doing what he could to uh, keep himself in contention. Just a, a shame that he wasn't able to see it through to the end. He was the Weird. flagship. Chevy for a while for that race too. So yeah, yeah great, great run for Corey. Yeah, shouts out uh 
Corey Inspire. I mean, overall, just tough to see some of the drivers that got out early. Chase Elliott, Tyler Reddick in that first crash. Priest absolutely got destroyed. Um, like that, he I was just, doing so well too. Him and Eric Jones were doing very well. I thought that Jones yeah. was doing fantastic. William Byron looked awesome. Um, Austin Dillon found himself up there. Jimmy Johnson, we didn't even talk about Jimmy. How, dude, he was running in the top five there, coming to the like the final run. Mm-hmm. Dude, I I I was saying like if Jimmy wins this race, he has to run the full season. You can't just show up, win the five hundred, and be like, eh, I'll finish thirty first in Chicago now, guys. But if anybody's going to uh, do something like that, it would be Jimmy, and we'd be like, yeah, no, he's earned the right to do that. Yep. Well, Kevin, you, you shared a fun stat on uh, Twitter there. Thank about... you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tweeted out before the race that in the, with this being the 75th anniversary of NASCAR, in the other, I don't know what you call them, quarter anniversaries, so in the mm-hmm. 25th Diamond, platinum, and, and gold or something. Yeah, uh, the, the 25th anniversary NASCAR in that Daytona 500, Richard Petty won, seven-time champ. 50th anniversary Daytona 500 season, uh, Dale Earnhardt wins, 500 yeah. champ. And I was like, if Jimmy wins this race, and that tweet crossed my mind with 10 to go, I was like, there's no way that this is actually happening. And you were right. It was, it, it was Stenhouse all along. We were, <laughs> well, we were baiting. Gonna be- it's gonna be crazy in about ten years when Sunhouse is a seven-time champ, and you gotta think of it that way. That's true. It can still happen retroactively. Stenhouse to Hendrick confirmed. Uh, Stenhouse to Stuart Haas Racing. I was gonna say that. that yeah, that get rid of probably helped his chances of going to SHR next year. Absolutely, get rid of uh, Eric. I mean, he's gone after this year, anyways. But we don't need we don't need to see Cole Custer. We don't need to see Riley. I mean, I don't know. Riley's top ten probably. But so who's, in, who's in the four? Forget the ten. Who's in the four? Cole Custer. Cole Custer. You think? They're, they're probably going to bring him back up. I, I, I mean, this is off topic, but I feel like they're just going to do a switcheroo on all the numbers. Like, Priest is actually going to be in the four. Um, Custer in the 41 again. And then Herbst in the 10. Briscoe, I don't leave no, that No, please. No, Riley Herbst. Oh, my God. Look, I get it. <laughs> he, he's a race car driver, and I should dog on somebody who's doing something way cooler than me for a living. But... <laughs> I just I don't think he's worthy of a of a cup a cup ride. I think there's other I mean, drivers out there. Not, but he has uh, he has this crazy thing. It's not called talent, but it's called I have a lot of money and my dad is rich. I know. So I know. that's how we, that that's you know sponsorship. We we're literally a podcast that roots for Brandon Jones. So, <laughs> yeah, but at least Brandon Jones has has won, won races though. Yeah. Well, that's speaking of Brandon Jones. Speaking of Brandon Jones, let us let us dive into the finish of Sydney race and the absolute what's it called disaster class of Dale Junior Motorsports. Um, Self-inflicted dick punching. You have you have with what four to go. You're running two through five, and you end up with one car running out of gas. Two cars wrecked, and one of them being upside down, and no mm-hmm. wins. Like it's impressively bad. It's it, it, my my good friend Ryan Williams, a designer for uh, JRM, was surely punching the air. I'm sure of it. Like the screams that were coming from him. I, I'm sure Daryl Waltrip was ro- watching that race from somewhere, screaming at the top of his lungs. That's a teammate. It's a teammate. <laughs> <laughs> absolute absolute disaster class just we atrocious. had we had very 
that the flip that Sam Mayer had on the last lap reminded me so much of the Bobby Labani um, flip at Talladega in 2001 on the last lap. Yeah. And shame also that the wreck uh, in a way. They, that one looked similar too. Um, it's a shame but, that the blimp camera was delayed by a full second. Otherwise, we could have seen that all play out at once. But, I uh, thought that looked weird in real time. We'll get to like, the oh. Fox broadcasting. I have a rant for that. Don't you worry. <laughs> but yeah, overall, um, I would honestly say probably the best race of the weekend was. Are you high? I'm going to interrupt you there. They were single file for 30 laps to the end there. I was sitting there at the track, bored out of my fucking mind watching the end of that race. That was awful. That was the worst race of the weekend. I'm sorry. For some reason, I'm going to have to agree. I'll agree. Yeah, I I agree with – sorry, Kevin. I I agree with Anthony on this one. All right. Yeah, Kevin, I don't know, man. Dude, that wasn't even the best race of the day. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. It was better than the truck race because the truck race was absolutely brutal to watch. Yeah, well, it doesn't help when you 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 know the rain wins the race when you have. Yeah, I know. But they, they just yeah, look. They, they couldn't when, not rack. But when when Arca when Arca when Arca <laughs> is the only <laughs> race so to finish under green in the weekend. Uh, minus Thursday, you, you minus got Thursday. problems. Yep, you got problems. It, I'll it, leave my words. The when best I'm, car did when I'm screaming at my TV. Do something, even if it's wrong. Just do something. When Matthew, they're... I was screaming that at the track. No, that no, no, no. Sorry, Saturday was not the best race. Our Xfinity Arca was the best race. There, I yeah. said it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it was cool being there. I sent it last minute um, to the track, um, got into the infield very sneakily, I will say, um, with my friends. Actually, I met Pastrana and uh, Connor Daly um, on Saturday oh, before cool. the race started. It was oh, really cool. Yeah, yeah the, people, the people who got us into the infield were camping right next to them, and they were just like hanging out doing some promotional stuff for Black uh, Rifle Coffee, and I don't know, whatever. Connor Daly's just friends with Pastrana, I assume. But, um, yeah, they were just hanging out, and I got to see the cars coming off of turn two, which is a view I've never seen from the infield. So it was really neat. Like, that is, like, the speed that they're carrying off of the corner is, is <laughs> it's awesome to see live. Um, and I got to go in the pits again. I got to say hi to Brad. Um, you know, he's, I'm probably going to be his vlog. And okay. I got to say hi to Pastana and a bunch of other people I saw on pit road. Uh, Bob Pockers, by the way, tan as all hell right now. Like, I couldn't believe it was him when Good I saw him. him. I looked at him. I was like, that that looks like Bob, but there's no shot. And I look at the hair. I'm like, that's Bob. And he is tan. What the hell has he been doing this offseason? He's one been living he's, his best life. I love one him. Race he's been that hanging out totally... at the tracks that have lights on them. So. <laughs> one was... race that we are totally sleeping on is Bob Pockerus ran a half marathon, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, dude, honestly. Bob, Bob. He looks fantastic, too. Yeah. Just Honestly, Bob is living his best life and is the best part of the Fox broadcast. I will say that, like, no denying it. So it was cool seeing him. Um, you know, I, I've uh, I've been on pit road before for a race. It was nice, but I was showing someone who had never been on there before. Have you guys ever watched a race from pit road before? I know you have, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I haven't. Oh, no. Dude, it's, it's cool, Mo- but definitely it's tough at Daytona because everyone's Mo- just multiple times i'll explain off air 
Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. It, it's hard to see the action for sure, um, but cool to see all the people that were there. Like, I got to, I, I saw a bunch of people. Like, you know, the garage guys, they were both there. Didn't really know how to say hi to them because I'm not sure which one's which, but they surely <laughs> are people that are at the track. Um, Did you try to get a selfie with? Actually, no. I'm I'm gonna save that until we get into the question portion of this. Fair enough. <laughs> I didn't try and get a selfie with anyone. I wanted to get a selfie with Pastrana, but my camera sucks. Um, yeah. Saturday Bozo race. I'm glad it ended early so I could go out and I got drunk at a karaoke bar in Daytona. It was awesome. Um, Hell yeah. Yes. So moving along, do we want to talk about Arca first or trucks? Are we going chronological here? I don't think I'm allowed to speak on the weekend anymore, so y'all oh take it goodness. away. Arca, then. Shouts out to the old man who wasn't supposed to be there, Greg Van Alst. Like, that is the most raw emotional interview we've seen in a while. That was one of the few times I was actually happy about a front stretch interview there. One of the very, very few times I'll say that out. Like, I'll say it like that. Agreed. That dude's passion and enjoyment and just the holy crap, I don't belong here. It was, it was contagious. I wanted to go out and just start my car just because start your engines, that type of energy. It's like, let's go. It was cool to see the old guys leading for sure. Like, it's really, really cool to see that. Um, why can't I find the actual results for this race? And Arca um, didn't Arca very often. It was amazing to see. They, they tried to Arca. But they really they did. They really kept. There was a lot of incidents. I know the fifteen of um Bal Balcan. How do I say that? Amber. 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 She she was trying to 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 wreck a lot of the field. I will say that. And and poor um Jason White. And I'm not sure which Jason White it was because we'll get to that in a second. But the Jason White that was leading in the Arca race. He was, everyone was trying to spin him out, it felt like. I can't believe he held onto that car as many times as he did. Yeah, it was thoroughly impressive. By the silence, Nolan, I'm going to assume you didn't watch this race. No, I'll be honest with you, I I didn't. I tried to follow it uh, through Twitter, uh, but I I did did not. It was a good race. First of all, shouts out to LeVar Scott, who I also saw on Pit Road. I didn't recognize him at first, but I realized it after I passed him. I was like, oh shit, he was literally just racing like two hours ago. That's awesome that he's still here and trying to learn about the Xfinity series and like how all this stuff works. But like Connor Mosack finished in second. I thought he was going to get Greg coming to the line there. Like it was just so good. Shouts out to the um, Mandy chick, Amber Bal, Bal, Amber, <laughs> can't get her last name, I'm sorry, um, both getting a top 10, Mandy chick with a top 5 highest finishing female in the uh, Arca series in a very long time, I think since Haley Deegan, so that's mm-hmm. pretty awesome, um, and you know, Dale Quarterly was running in the top 5 a lot there, didn't get the finish that he deserved, got spun I think with like 3 to go, but they got a top 10, and shouts out Frankie Muniz. I, I'm going to be honest with part of the broadcast I watched. I don't think they ever really showed him. I mean, did they really put a good spotlight on him, Matthew? Not, not too often. I, I was late joining the party and I was like, has anybody mentioned Malcolm yet? I mean, has he been three wide? Has anybody shouted Malcolm in the, the middle? Oh, and gosh. they happened. Cindric did. Cindric did. Yes. It, uh, it was Cindric who had to cross that line. And nobody oh. understood what he was talking about. They're like, okay, moving on. Yeah, that's fair. Well, he finished in 11th in his first race, and I'm glad that he had fun. He said it was probably the most stressful thing he's ever done. So, he, he you're welcome to NASCAR. You're 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 in. And that's a lot coming from Agent Cody Banks. 
<laughs> oh man honestly happy for him he looked fast in practice too i was expecting like okay this guy could probably get a top 10 he's gonna run the full season see how he does um other than that i felt really bad there was a bad there was a crash early with scott melton i don't remember who turned him but dude i have not seen a driver get that pissed off when the safety crew came and get him like he looked like he was going to explode yeah that was Didn't his car just explode. I mean, can't really his car also that. did just explode. Yeah. But, you know, he's been working on trying to get there for a long time. And like he only made it 11 laps before getting wrecked. That That is really unfortunate. So, you know, I, I'm not sure who it was that got into him. I can't find the, um, the lap by lap results. But otherwise, that's yeah, it's tough to see. Um, anything else from Arca? There's a lot of people here I don't recognize. I was noticing that same thing. I was like. Where's Bobby Gerhardt? Where's Frank Kimmel? Where are the Kimmels? It's like, oh, crap, I'm old. Yeah, yeah. It's The thing is, I rewatched, like, the 2018 ARCA race. Like, not the whole thing. Like, I rewatched, like, highlights of it because the finish was stupid as hell. There's a lot of names in there I recognized immediately because they've all moved up now. They're in the Xfinity and Cup Series and stuff like that. So it feels like, you know, ARCA's just, you don't really know anyone. You go back and watch, you're like, oh, shit, all these guys are in it. That's kind of cool, you know? Yeah, so. give it five years. It'll be relevant in five years. <laughs> like, guys like Connor Mosack, uh, Jesse Love, LeVar Scott, I feel like, um, who else was there? Christian Rose, I think, might be another name to look out for in the future. Like, guys like that, like, they're going to be the ones that you see in the future, like, making the moves up there. I know there was, like, Max Gutierrez usually runs this. Um, he, uh, I believe, is still taking a personal family break. Um, just You know, just, it, it, it's cool. Arca, Arca has a lot of cool um, rookies coming up through the ranks, so something to look for in the future. But moving on to trucks, and as Kevin said, his most boring race of the weekend. It, they had more caution laps than green flag laps. It asked I'm sure me. they did. It was painful. <laughs> they did. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't great. <laughs> Was and it? even what? when it was green, they I felt like that they were wrecking, and then they would wreck, and then it would rain, and it was just yeah, uh, yeah. I was happy, but to be fair, with the amount of caution laps they're running, a lot of them were because the the track was wet and they couldn't get them back yeah. out there in time. So that's that's probably part of the reason. But yeah, you're right, Kevin. They didn't really go green for a very long amount of time. I'm trying to see, <laughs> I mean, percentage of the rain race run under caution fifty one point nine percent. That's not that a good percentage. I will give them props, though, for, like, not doing what they did in the cup race in August, where it's sending the field full song in the turn one when it's raining. Um, exactly. I possibly, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I would rather them play it like they did. I mean, obviously, it's out of your control sometimes with Mother Nature. Um, but if you see her closing in and you feel a drop of rain and you know how the Florida weather works, throw the damn caution. Don't risk it. There's no point. I will say, I mean, it was raining when Clay Greenfield spun on the um, start-finish line and had that huge pileup, but we're not saying that's the reason he spun out. He could have also just, you know, run out What's of time or whatever. That's just Clay <laughs> <Yeah>. Greenfield. <laughs> that, that could have just also been Clay Greenfield. I don't know. It was raining, though. I've seen videos of that, like, wreck, and you can see droplets. Not heavy rain, but droplets. droplets. Just saying. Um, the but air Zane's was moist. moist. The air was moist. Zane Smith won, so good for him. Back to back, honestly, could have been Cindric making this a full back to back weekend. Back to back to back. 
back to back to back to back to back. Sure. That'd be cool. Yeah. Sorry <laughs> what for, been, Austin, been, yeah. for ruining that. Yeah, I guess we wouldn't even say Austin Hill won the uh, <laughs> in your race. Congrats to him. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> did. But yeah, Zane Smith is the winner. Um, And yeah, what a weekend for Zane Smith. Easily. Easily yeah. probably had the best weekend on any, anyone that didn't win the race or win the big race, I guess you'd say. You know, he won the truck race and he finished 13th in the 500. Pretty solid day. Pretty solid weekend. Well, don't sleep well, on Zane. Telling you, he needs, he needs to be in that four car. Continuing on from a successful weekend, we had a successful idea. More, and I when I say we, I mean you, of letting Thanks. our fans get a little bit engaged here. And we asked a question across our social channels today. And do we want to jump into those? Yeah. So I've had like I've seen like a bunch of people on Twitter that are my friends um, talking about like questions they had for the race. And a couple of my buddies who watch it, you know, obviously don't watch a lot of NASCAR, so they had some questions. And I guess we could um, kind of start with uh, some of the questions first for my buddy Ashton Lum. He asked, can you explain late race strategy, positioning, and movement? At what lap do racers start getting into that end of race mindset, or is that a function of how far back you are? Which it's a great question, because I kind of brought it up with the Eric Almirola thing. Like, you need to... Because it was a problem in the Xfinity series, and Denny Hamlin brought it up. You can't win the race if you're in tenth place with two to go. You know, so Kevin, I guess in your mind, when is the time to start going? How do you position yourself to do that? On a super speedway track, you have to. I think if you're, I'd say for every position you want to gain, you have to start. Like if you're in eleventh, you need to start it with. 11 to go Mm -hmm. um you need and i think there is some some science to working and strategy to if you're second waiting to the last lap but everyone else behind you should not be relying on that um so i think for as many laps left in your position is the answer matthew um you gotta wait for somebody else to make the move for you If, if you're in the top five you got to wait for somebody else to come from behind you and hope and jump in front of that line. Um, but no, I, I'll agree with that. Tend to go if you're 10th, time to start making a move. Even if it's wrong, you got to do something. And if you get shuffled out, that could probably actually benefit you because somebody in eighth is going to make a move on three to go and it's going to be too late. They're going to make a desperate move and cause a big one. And you might be just far enough behind. So the correct answer is, there is no correct answer. <laughs> go, go, go. That's it. Right on. There is no correct answer. No one. And on that note, real quick, gentlemen, I do have to dip out. I got to pick up my daughter here. I will uh, make an attempt to jump back on. Hopefully, you're still here. But if not, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure, and uh, I hope to be joining you more often. As, As always. always, good seeing awesome. you, Matthew. Thanks, Matthew. Pleasure, guys. Thank you, and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Right Thank on. You. Did I just hit the wrong button? No, I'm okay. Yeah, you probably did. I'm going to try it again. All right, bye, guys. Bye. Right. <laughs> All right, no one. Yeah, so I feel like that's such a loaded question because it really just depends on, on what kind of car that you have, like who's around you. Do you have mm-hmm. teammates around you? Are you a pusher? Are you somebody who can't push really well? Are you in a 
in a mid-pack car that maybe if you are to jump into an inside or an outside lane, are you fast enough to actually uh, side draft with other cars? So, I mean, you know, we saw it at the Xfinity Series uh, race. You had Austin Hill, who was probably anticipating the four JRM cars behind them to make a move, but they were all waiting until, you know, three to go. And yeah. then when three to go happens, all of them make a move and it ends up screwing them. So, but honestly, I really like Kevin's analogy of whatever position that you're in, kind of use that as like the lap that you're really going to start pushing forward because, you know, if you are running 10th, You've got 10 to go. That's enough time to where you can really shuffle your way up through the pack, right? Mm -hmm. um, whereas, you know, two to go, it's just, it's not going to happen. So that's kind of, that's kind of my take. It's such a, a scenario based situation at the end of a race. For sure. I feel like, um, jokingly, the best way to determine when it's time to go is if you're watching the broadcast and Daryl Waltrip says, okay, now they're racing. <laughs> um, but no, Kevin, I, I, yeah, your analogy is pretty good. I would say maybe not with 10 to go like a position per lap. It depends on the car. So like the cup car, I feel like if you're 10th on back, you can probably make the move with five to go coming to five to go. I think that that's the best time to put yourself in that winning position. If you're further back than that, yeah, 10 to go, you need to start thinking, okay, how am I going to get there? You know, like we're running out of laps. I'm running out of space. This track can only go what three wide at most with these cars so i need to determine who is with me who's around me because that's another thing if you're being pushed by someone like say and no offense to them like a riley herbst or cody ware probably not going very far back there you know they're not going to push you to the, the win but if you're being pushed by like a stewart haas car or a penske car you could probably make that move with even three laps to go so all right uh, Kevin, you got some questions, I know. I, I do, yeah. This first one is from my buddy Kogan. And he says, why at like most of the tracks, not road courses included, do they turn left? And I want to open it to you all and then reveal the actual answer because I did some digging on it. And I mm -hmm. want to see if y'all know. That's really funny because my friend Evan Walster also asked the same question. And I know he did kind of jokingly. <laughs> He actually, he said it a little differently. He said, Anthony, who decided they only turn left instead of only turning right? <laughs> so my reasoning, I said, I said, was because in America, we drive on the right-hand side of the car. So it would only make sense that we turned left so that if, God forbid, a tire blows and you go head-on into that wall uh, flush, you're not going in driver's side every single time. Um, it makes the side impacts a lot less violent for the driver. That's my reasoning behind it. Also, because Europeans are stupid. Maybe it's the other reason. I don't know. I'm kidding to the European listeners. I love you. I am kidding. Nolan? I'm, I'm stumped. I've, this is really deep. I feel like some philosophical <laughs> stuff that I was not prepared for. Um, I have no idea why we turn left. I just, I'm the guy that shows up and I'm like, we're turning left. Yeah. Okay. We're turning left and, and let's rock and roll. So I, I don't have a good answer on that one. All right. Evan, you Evan, know the answer, do you? Welcome to LTLN history 101. Oh, beautiful. today's lesson. Why we turn left. So the reason I found was that during the American revolution, 
the American mentality was what is England doing and how can we do it better by doing it not that way? Introduce horse racing. You're kidding. Horse racing across the pond, they run clockwise. And we said, we ain't no clock and we're running counterclockwise, baby. And from that is why we see these racetracks go counterclockwise. There's no shot. Swear to God. Oh my God. I thought that my reasoning made sense. But that is hilariously petty. Oh my god! I was I was yeah. never taught that in school, and I'm I'm kind of offended by that. Yeah, this is like and, the history lesson I would have actually liked to have learned. And then I I did some further digging in <laughs> saying, okay, so is it just a coincidence that, or is is it like the same mentality that the cars we drive, you know, steering wheels on the left side compared to the right across the pond? And I think in some parts, yes, but it's more over, it's, it's deeper than that, in that the stagecoaches that we use, you know, Manifest Destiny and all of that, the steering wheel was put on the more to the left of the stagecoach because people in general are right-hand dominated and it's easier to whip the horses with your right hand than it is the left hand. And it's easier to steer with the left hand while doing that, which is why our cars in the early days were made with the steering wheel on the left. That's insane. Yeah. That, I, I literally did not know any of that. Yeah. I, and that I was makes a lot of pretty sense. dumbfounded today learning. And I, I'm so glad that question was asked. So thank you to Kogan and Anthony's buddy. Yeah, shouts out Evan. Um, wow, okay. So that was a history lesson I didn't expect at all. Like genuinely speaking, that is a history lesson I did not expect to have. So that's pretty damn cool. Um I it wasn't really a question, but I wanted to address it because it was kind of um let's see here, I'm trying to oops, find the the tweet. So my buddy Josh was watching the race and he doesn't watch NASCAR much at all. But um, he asked, he basically asked why it ended under caution the way it did. Like, why couldn't they just have them do a one-on-one race to the finish? And a lot of people asked this. Darren Ravel more famously pretty much saying, this is why people don't watch NASCAR. It's so impossible to understand the guy who finished the line cross line first didn't win. And to which I say, Darren Ravel, eat my fucking shit out of the toilet, first of all. Holy shit. I hate Darren Ravel a lot. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Darren Ravel, please try and... Darren Ravel, I give you a challenge to try to explain what a catch is in football in less than two minutes. You can't do it. You can't. I know you can't. You're Darren Ravel. You can't do anything in less than two minutes. Except nut. Anyways. (laughs) God, I'm smoking the Darren Ravel pack. I'm sorry. Um, the reason, though, that um, they threw the caution so early literally is for a safety reason. And I think anyone who actually watches NASCAR would would probably understand. That. I get there were a lot, a lot of casual fans watching and stuff. 
Um, but yeah, the, you have to throw the caution in a situation like that. You have to end the race. They no longer race back to the line. They haven't done that since 2003 because of a situation where drivers were getting injured because they were wrecking coming to the line during a caution, and it was very much of a safety issue. Um, and with the impact that Larson and Keselowski took, I mean, you saw the whole safer barrier moved when Keselowski hit that wall. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have safety and medical teams out there immediately, and you cannot have cars racing back to the line, even if the wreck is in turn one, because they need time to slow down before getting there. And you have no idea if the track is still blocked, if there is debris, fire, fuel on the track, oil, you know, a crash that big cautions out sucks, but that's the way it had to end. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any round table needed for that one. You, you said it perfectly. Yeah. And Darren Ravel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My next question Hold on, and Nolan has something to say. Uh, no, I was going to say shame on shame on Fox for not really explaining that, though. I mean, they don't yeah, explain because, a lot of things. They, they I, I mean, even I know, know. That, <laughs> as a as somebody who's a broadcast partner in NASCAR, like they really should focus on that because uh, when I went into work today, a lot of people asked me the same question, and then I'm like, all right, here's what a green white checkered is, and then after yeah, I explained right. to them, they're like, okay, we we get it, and so. I guess shame on Fox for not explaining that. Well, yeah, they tried to explain the NASCAR overtime because one of my buddies also was like, I didn't know NASCAR had overtime. It's like, yeah, so the races technically don't finish under caution, but if they get to the white flag, they're going to finish regardless. Um, unless it's Arca because Arca dumb, but uh, yeah, I mean, Fox didn't even really give us an update on Larson and Keselowski at all. I'm pretty sure. I think it was through Twitter. Everyone found out they were okay. But um, hell, there wasn't even a lot of post race coverage. People were asking for it on Twitter. You got to go like they do that stuff, I guess, on FS1 or something. I don't even know. No, it wasn't even on FS1. That's a joke. That is honestly a joke. Biggest, biggest race of the year. You know, any other sporting event has their biggest event of the year and they have like three hours of post game coverage. But, you know, NASCAR just. It's a shame. Fox just really just. I'll get into it after we're done with these questions. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt my feelings, and we'll move on to the next topic. But if if NBC took over the full season, <laughs> because yeah. at least NBC they have f- some form of post race coverage, I, I I can confirm that. We'll yeah. we'll get to that, Kevin. You had other questions too. I do. Yeah, I got two for y'all. So the first Perfect. one, um, what was your favorite celebrity cameo at the five hundred? Ooh, interesting. Um, Kevin, who was your favorite? I am going to go with Larry Fitzgerald because I am a big Larry oh. Fitzgerald guy. I didn't know he was there. They didn't show him on the TV. They showed him pre-race for like a split second. I was like, hey, Larry Fitzgerald. And that was that was it. <laughs> and is it fair to call Pitbull still like a NASCAR celebrity since he is a team owner? Because he was, was there. He, there? he, he was, was there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. he was there with uh, Justin for the, you know, he, he'll he show up to the major events, and that's, yeah. you know, good team ownership. I think Michael Jordan was there, too. I'm not, not 100% sure about yeah. that. But and NASCAR laid out a whole thing for him, which I, you know, <laughs> not good, um, good for him. <laughs> I will say, uh, unironically, Pete Davidson being there was funny as hell because he looked hungover as shit. Um, Surprise. <laughs> Pete Davidson, you know, he's just out there trying to do whatever he can to get his uh, next girlfriend, I guess. And I, yeah. I've heard Megan Fox is uh, on the market again. Happy so. for you. I'm not Pete Davidson. What are you happy for me for? <laughs> but anyways, uh, no. 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with uh, with with Pete Davidson. I mean, I think he has a lot, like a lot of star power, um, and so to see him uh, <laughs> to see him at the race is is pretty cool because uh, for a generation, for a couple of generations that really aren't familiar with NASCAR, probably don't even give a shit about NASCAR. All of a sudden, you see Pete Davidson there. It's hopefully it piqued somebody's curiosity with him being uh, at the racetrack. So that's 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 who I pick. He was just vibing. That's always what I want to do when I'm at the race is just chill in the infield and vibe. Yeah. Right. It seemed like he was having a good time. Exactly. He had a beer in his hand. Hood was up. Rock and roll. Yeah. And question number two, and this is more of a not open-ended one. I can I can just answer it real quickly um, and give a shout-out in the process. But who gave the command to start engines? And this was after uh, a TikTok video was seen of ranking like the last 20 20- command to start engines um and this year nascar did a cool thing where it was all of well they invited all living former cup champions who had also won at least one daytona 500 um and they all gave the command to start the engines we had three drivers in the field who had done that being logano harvick Mm -hmm. and jimmy johnson i thought thought that was really cool tribute Trying to think who are the other ones. Uh, Petty, obviously. Dale Jr. No, Jr.'s not a champion. Nope. Um, Matt Kenseth. He wasn't was Kenseth there, though. There? He didn't sh- uh, no, him, okay. Daryl Waltrip, and... He left it guy. on red. Yeah. He left it on red. <laughs> oh, that's, that's uh, really odd, though. Especially for I him and Daryl Waltrip. He was just like... inducted into the Hall of Fame, though, wasn't he? <laughs> When they said Daryl Walter, I was like, you know, like he's he's older. I get it. But then when they said Kansas, I was like, Kansas probably still want to be there. <laughs> so fair enough. He, Dale Jarrett he took his Hall of one. Fame jacket and yeah. was like, I'm done. Dale Jarrett See you guys. Was there. Um, Terry Elliott. Um, I don't know. If Terry was. Man, I haven't seen there. Terry Labonte in years. Is he okay? Here, we're here. New, I, I, new, new, new spot on the podcast. Terry Labonte wellness check. <laughs> There. We're checking to see um, if he's yeah. all right. I thought that was really he's cool. He's great. Yeah, he's they celebrated fun. the history like that. So a big a big shout out to NASCAR. Their their 75th anniversary stuff was cool. I know they did some stuff before the race. Um, had a couple cool TV spots that I think showing it once instead of four times throughout the race would have been more than enough. But a a good start to this this anniversary. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shouts out to I already brought his name up, but shouts out to my my buddy John Palmieri. He uh, helped design that 75th anniversary commercial part of it, like nice. the the cars. So look, nice. it's a beautiful commercial. I think the like what stood out to me because the full commercial you can see on YouTube and their uh, NASCAR Twitter is like the fight scene looks really really <laughs> good between like Kale and Donnie. It looks the, mm-hmm. the, the, it genuinely was filmed pretty awesomely, and all the old cars look beautiful. So that's it's really awesome. Um. What else? Any other oh, questions d- from your side? I didn't get any uh any other questions worth reading that we didn't already address. Fair enough. So, Nolan, did you get any questions? Uh, I did not. I um I unfortunately I did not retweet that, so that one's on me, guys. Uh, it's okay. You didn't know. Um, I, I, I did. Say, I going, did see the post though. Going to the uh, sticking on the subject of like designs, that d- um poster they have with all the drivers for the NASCAR seventy five, like all the current like full-time drivers that looks awesome yeah that's really cool i enjoy that the only thing i don't like about it is that noah Graxon really um really does not need to keep the fire suit open at all times we don't (laughs) need we don't need to see the grease it's his persona and it's he's eccentric and i i think we need more of that 
or at least a little bit of it. So I'm, I'm for it. Fair enough. Maybe, maybe less greasy drivers doing it, but anyways, I mean that's why he's sponsored by Wendy's, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so, shall we look forward to this weekend? Well, hold on, the, Kevin. I, I don't. I, I think that there's something? something from the weekend I want to finish finish off with because we've 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 touched on it, but I think we really should just. I, I need to vent a little bit about oh. the broadcast itself, and I think send it. Drag NASCAR on Fox. I was blown away with how bad this broadcast was. This might have been the worst broadcast. And every year I say that, and they keep finding a way to lower the bar. Dude, that wreck that happened with Austin Dillon and the entire field wrecking, they did not show the wreck happening for at least five seconds. We all saw it happening, and they did not show it. Between that and they knew that, like, Tyler Reddick was completely, uh, like, out of control with the car, and they go straight to commercial side-by-side side as that wreck happens. Between that, the audio not syncing up for the in-car cameras. That's another thing. The blimp being on a one-second delay all weekend is another thing. Just <laughs> unbelievable. It, 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 I was told by someone that apparently the new Fox NASCAR director is a football guy. He oh, normally God. does, like, NFL on Fox. Where are all the NASCAR guys? <laughs> Can they yeah, get someone was, who watches racing? It was a a very painful broadcast to watch, and it's not. I mean, the commercials. I someone Dale Jr. retweeted a statistic, and it was like the percentage of commercials during the race are as much as mm-hmm. they have been, and yeah. I, I still, I think it's too much, especially when they're not side by side. I know I've, I've been a couple posts saying the Indy 500 manages to run during green flag laps. You do not miss a single second of the action because NBC and them figured out a deal to do side by side, which is more than fine. That's, that's a fair compromise. Yeah. You know, the, the sports got to make some money. The advertisers want to get their word across. The broadcaster got to make money. Fine. But don't screw over the race fans in the process. Exactly. Um, but it's when you come back from the commercials, then go into a sponsored segment, then Which... have to show replays of stuff that you missed. And then you have to show another replay because you missed something during that replay. And then you don't show some stuff. And it just, by the time you're all caught up, you go back to commercial. It's, it's yeah, we're missing like 30% of the laps due to caution, but that's with commercials. It has to be at least 50% with everything else combined like replays additional sponsorship reads and it's it's ridiculous some of those ads during the race were ridiculous like in regards to the fact they have a graphic play on the screen for well over five seconds and it's like this is just such a a waste this is so pointless like and and it's it potentially is going to get worse with this new tv deal coming up because if they end up charging more to these broadcasters to to run races they're going to need to fill that like void of money by getting more advertisements and more commercial breaks that are going to be longer and more of these segments that are going to be longer during the race and yeah, so on, so forth, so on, so forth. It's a vicious cycle. And honestly, man, I just don't want Fox to come back. I honestly like I know this is like rose t- tinted glasses. I'll take ESPN at this point, man. I would love to see CBS throw their hand into it again. It's been like 25 years bring them on back y'all do srx y'all don't do a terrible job with it 
you know, and honestly, Amazon, I feel like would just it would make so much sense. Less commercials than Amazon. You pay for it already. They're a billion dollar corporation. I don't see like I feel like it would be a win. But a lot of people said with these streaming platforms, specifically like the races on Peacock only for IndyCar did atrociously. So, I mean, got to look at it that way, too. I wish I yeah, wish there was I... a split option um, on, on a couple of things. Uh, number one, Kevin, like what we were saying about uh, how they're like showing a replay just to get us caught up. And then while they're showing that replay, something else happens. They got to show another replay. Like yeah. maybe you have to screen and show what's going on. Hey, over here right. to the left of the screen, you guys can see what happened. And then to the right is what is currently going on. And then just kind of swap the screens out when necessary. And then... Um, Anthony, to your point on the IndyCar and the NBC and the Peacock, they need to give us an option, right, to yeah. to either stream it, right? Like I have Peacock, right? So can I just jump on my Peacock? And that sounded weird. Um, <laughs> you own a Peacock and you can write it? <laughs> as, as soon as I came out, I was like, that's dangerous. Um, anyways, can I jump on my app? And, and just watch the race without commercials because, you know, we're paying for it yeah. versus watching it on cable TV. Like, I wish that there was like an option to where we can, you know, I'd pay 10, 20 bucks a month just not to have to worry about commercials during uh, during the broadcast. Exactly. It's it, it, there's just so many things that come with it um, with these broadcasts itself. I mean, one other thing that um, one of my friends brought up a lot was the fact that they are showing be real um not the app be real like the be real footage um during the race broadcast like you know how they just have random shots of fans and like random like shots of the moon or random shots of the blimp while they're racing that is all shit we don't need to see live we just need to see that during the commercial cut to the break or break to the commercial cut english basically you know what i mean though like they're doing things live that the director doesn't make any sense and also, with the zooming in, it's preposterous. I just don't get why they have to zoom in on the car's fucking lug nuts every time, but that's neither here nor there. Because I learned that apparently the camera guys from the first race this season are the same to the very last race this season. It is the directors between Fox and NBC that dictates how they do things at the track. So the Fox director is just probably telling them to zoom in on everything. I agree wholeheartedly with everything we saw in the past i've been like maybe fox can replace this and i hope they resign but i'm at the point where i i'll be disappointed if they re-up i'm gonna be honest they yeah. for especially what nbc can do and put into a broadcast mm-hmm. the fox fox does not deserve to showcase the Daytona yeah. 500 anymore or we i think we've been past that for a couple of years but this year more than solidified it um i i don't know if i'd want espn back um honestly could we just get the f1 guys at sky sports and just do the races i i and i only say that about espn because the i don't know if y'all saw it they they posted uh a graphic oh yeah i did see that driver driver running the 500 and congrats to driver driver yeah dude honestly (laughs) why are we saying congratulations ricky stenhouse (laughs) driver driver won the daytona 500 (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I, I, I got a good chuckle, uh, a, a scary mm-hmm. chuckle out of that. I think, yeah, CBS would be great. They did a great job with SRX. I know they're that's with ESPN now, and it's on Thursday night, which I think helps avoid some of the 
conflict of other stuff going on this summer for SRX. But yeah, CBS would be great. Alan Bestwick already has a relationship with them. Mike Joy's mm-hmm. probably on his way out. He just didn't seem like he wanted to be there for half of that broadcast, too. There was just like even on the last lap, like I the way I knew that Stenhouse won was because of the scoring monitor like showed him passing Logano and I was like, all right, I guess he won. But then I don't know. He just like, he was like, Oh, there's a wreck and we'll see who. And then like Stenhouse's crew was celebrating. And then he's still like explaining. And it's like, dude, like we know who won. So it's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like a, I think we saw the same thing with Daryl Waltrip where there's a point where there's, got to be a decision made of should I keep doing this um I don't think Mike Joy is there yet but I think if next year is his swan song season and this might just be Fox and it not him because I, I love Mike Joy and he's a great commentator and he's done so much for the sport but I don't know I just the, the energy wasn't there yesterday and I'm, I'm a little bit concerned it's yeah, I mean he's he's 73 years old yeah he's up there in age at this point like it's like like you say, he's probably on his way out, which concerns me if Fox re-ups, because I'm not a big Adam <laughs> Alexander fan at all, to be honest. Oh, God. So it's like, look, I know you <laughs> like him. I know that you, you go to bat for him. Oh, Methy came back. Okay. Hey. hey. What, what minute we'll are we on at? Fox, Methy. Join on in. <laughs> hopefully, the editing, hopefully the editing does not is not difficult for um, uh, my, or is it Mike that edits our videos, Kevin? Mm-hmm. All right. I'll just put like oh god, what time do we? Sorry in advance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry in advance, Mike. This is one hour in. You got to edit uh, this one. A couple of the questions that we asked, so we'll we'll get you caught up. Uh, we'll do rapid fire. Who was your favorite celebrity guest at the five hundred this year? Pete Davidson. Ah, right. Pete Davidson, <laughs> three for three. <laughs> yeah, I had Larry Fitz. Three uh, for four. Why do um, you think Bert Kreischer was there, but I didn't know about it. And I never was he saw wearing a shirt? Oh, him. dude, I forgot about him. Yeah, he's doing yeah, a Florida tour right now. He was FSU grad, baby. Uh, I, I, changed, he, uh, I changed, my, wearing... changed my pick. Was he wearing a shirt? He was wearing a shirt. He was oh, wearing a shirt. So it's probably why he didn't stand out. Yeah. And probably the most fun one we've had, Methy. And this is more of what do you think? And then I'll confirm it. Why do racetracks in America turn left instead of right, non-road course included? Uh, because the drivers sit on the left side of the cars. Yeah, he he was thinking the it's same for, thing I thought. Yeah. Get ready for this answer, Matthew. Get because ready. screw England? Because screw England? <laughs> because screw England. Well, yeah, because screw England. England. He got it. <laughs> Back in the American Revolution, the horse racing tracks... Wanted to go counterclockwise because the UK, those people across the pond went clockwise. Great job. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. It's either going to be science or bitterness. Mm-hmm. And why <laughs> not bitterness. both? Why not both? Uh, well, now that you're back, let's, let's look forward to this upcoming weekend, the final race weekend at the D-shaped two-mile oval California Speedway, Auto Club Speedway, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, don't Montana. look at the weather forecast, unfortunately. Michigan West. Michigan West. Sure, um, dude. What, do we, what are we looking forward to most? Um, 
Well, the Xfinity race always throws a banger there, I feel like. So I'm looking forward to see what those guys will do um, and to see what changes the Xfinity car made and how it will affect them in this type of uh, traffic. Um, I feel like the Cup cars put on a pretty good show last year, too. Uh, Larson oh, yeah. won this race last year, right? He did. Yeah, After so, but that was with. Yeah, I was going to say a little controversy in there. Um, well, luckily, cars hopefully won't have the same issue they had last year where they spin out blow a tire, and need three laps to get going again. Hopefully, that's not going to be a problem there. I know they fixed it for the most part last year, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm looking forward to just some good old regular racing. Right on. Last time left, repeat. <laughs> good old I think, regular I think it'll racing. Be um, I think it'll be interesting this weekend to see... Uh, really how much control or what they have learned about the car over the past year, because this was the first D shaped or cookie cutter type of racetrack. And I think that that yes. added a lot of, um, it added a lot of spice to it because guys were still trying to figure out how to drive the car, what the edge was. Uh, you know, we had a lot of guys spin out. I mean, hell I was watching the race. Uh, I was rewatching it today. I mean, you know, guys like chase Elliott and Kyle Bush and he's really talented drivers were spinning out in these cars. Is that going to happen again this weekend? Like, I'm very curious to see if we're going to see a much different race because we have now a year's worth of data. Oh, I promise you, we're going to see a much very different race. It's, it's, it's raining on Sunday, boys. Yeah, it's, the whole weekend doesn't look <laughs> The right. whole weekend. Y'all want to know what the high is this weekend? 51. The low is Oof. 39. What the hell? Yeah, this is uh, California, too, which is what super What the hell? What I am looking forward to to most when they eventually get the racing in is, if you think about it, this is probably the last time in at least a couple years that we're going to have a quote-unquote cookie-cutter track that you can run all the way down at the bottom and all the way down at the top and produce about the same lap speed. I mean, I for a while it was that in Chicago, and Chicago's no longer there. Um, yeah, yeah, and, it is. Yeah, like right. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you could, I mean, you could add Darlington into the mix. Obviously, I think it's there, but it's also it's Darlington. It's a whole other thing. I mean, the 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 shots of them going five wide throughout the turns. I'm I'm gonna miss that a lot. Mm -hmm. I had a lot. Of, I think my. My favorite race ever in NASCAR history is still the 2013 Auto Club 400. Um, I, I still remember that's that's the one where Denny and Logano got into a Kyle yep. one, and I totally the, the fought Joey. The, the memory associated with that is I had a Japanese exchange student at the time, um, over obviously from Japan, and he we were watching it. And I was like trying to explain what it is, and like watching that finish, like we we're all jumping up and down. And I was like, honestly, man, it's not usually like this. Like he's he just like this, like one of the best finishes in NASCAR history. And I just remember it being such a good race throughout. So I'm gonna I'm gonna miss uh, just the memories of it. But it'll be yeah, a that, fun five, to... that five wide, four wide, yeah. just going into a corner, single file, and then just watching them fan five wide. That's yeah. And they're going for a half mile. They're shoehorning a half mile onto the front straightaway. It's not going to be a. It's gonna. It's gonna be a bigger coliseum. That's all it's going to be. 
Yeah, I'm yeah, not looking forward to them changing this to a short track. I, I don't, like, it's going to be unique. Also, it's probably going to be really not great racing, but we'll we'll see. It's only a half mile, right? Uh, I believe so, yes. And I know, I know yeah, they got to fix the short there. track package. We'll eventually mm-hmm. get there with Michigan um, once that ages. And I mean, I guess we're almost there with Kansas. It's, it's pretty good now. Uh, the sweet spot. Just on a, on a, on a grander scale. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just the shots of that, Which, like you were saying, single file to, to fanning out five wide. It's, it's just such a cool aesthetic. And especially this earlier in the season, like that's what we want to see. That's what drags in the viewers. And to, to not even have that option next year sucks. They better tear up some cars at that half mile next year or two years, whenever it is, make up for it. <laughs> oh, chaos and anarchy in place of awesome shots. Yeah. Yeah, just hoping uh, it, it stays dry. That's the biggest part. I mean, we might be racing Monday and Tuesday. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I'll go yeah. ahead. I'll call out on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if they got to race right. on a Monday, it's going to be a tough scene for my productivity. I will say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just gonna just text my boss, and be like, "Yeah, hey, I am." Uh, it's it's in. conflicting uh, forecast right now whether it'll be good to go on, um, on Sunday or not. Uh, but hey, does anyone know if Fontana still has lights? I have to say, probably not. No, they do. They still have them. They didn't take away the lights. They just don't. I don't know, man. Far. They're tearing down all the fucking grandstands. <laughs> I assume they probably nah, took the lights out. They're up. They're up. I mean, I'd love to see Fontana at night. One of my Hell, Weird, weirdly, one out. of my Fontana memories was watching that Brad Keselowski crash live when he was in the Navy car oh, yeah. at Fontana. That's one yeah, of maybe, maybe the rain's the blessing in disguise. Yeah. On. Sorry, I think everyone's trying to talk at once. What were you saying, Noel? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying I, re- I remember when California. I think it was a Labor Day weekend race at one point. That was the that was when they shifted yeah. Darlington over to California, and then they shifted it from California to Atlanta, and they yeah. finally brought it back to Darlington. Yeah, that was it was like the pop secret five hundred. So it was a five hundred mile race at night at Auto Club. It wasn't um wasn't the best idea, Good. but Kyle Busch did get his first career win there. Yep. So I remember one problem. I was hoping Jimmy would come the, back. This yeah. weekend, poor oh, God, it, I wish. Dude, no. he needs to just just run more races that are not stupid. Yeah, so, just 36 know. cars on the entry list, just the charters. Yeah, well, it's just what we're going to have to get used to this year. It is what it is. It's the charter system. Whatever. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. I uh, want to round out the field. Or Oh, wait, we got to do picks. Oh, yeah. We got to yeah. do picks. Um, so... Doesn't look like anyone picked Ricky Stenhouse, but Methy did get the bonus for his Stenhouse esque pick on um, oh. random fantasy racing. Did we all Thanks, do our dude. random fantasy picks for this week? I'm doing mine right now. <laughs> I already have you, mine, Anthony. So... We are on the Eric Jones train. Yeah, me and Nolan somehow both got Eric Jones. I don't know how that happened, but um, I literally, I commented on your tweet and I was like, "Let's go!" because I'm a huge Eric Jones fan. And then yeah. I was like, "I'm gonna pick mine right now." Got 43. I was like, "Perfect, awesome." I cannot believe that you pulled that one off. But yeah, I'm not doing all that well um, to start the season. I'm in position 744 over there. Kevin is in. Kevin's doing a little worse. Position 1214. But uh, let's go ahead over to our friend Jeremy Bethfield. You are in 14th. 
Tied for the lead, baby. Playoff bound. Here I go. Unbelievable. Nolan, I you got Ty Gibbs, right? You are... Oh, I'm in yeah. second, technically speaking. Me and Nolan are going to suffer the same fate this weekend if Eric Jones uh, suffers a bad race. But <laughs> we'll, we'll get there when we get there. It is crazy seeing hey. top there, Methy, by the way. Dude, right? I mean, you, the only reason you're and not first is because your name starts with a J. It's the only reason. Damn, Let it be known, I have just gotten Ryan Blaney. Okay, good pick. Good, good random pick. Have you I got Suarez. I got Suarez. Everyone got good picks this week. Yeah, Anthony, Everyone... don't sleep on Eric Jones, man. He finished third no, last year. No, he's, he's very oh. good. I feel like each one of our drivers could easily get top 10, but those are the random picks. Let's get to the real picks. Um, Methy, I will let you go first since you technically won. Joey Logano. Okay. I think the Fords are going to have a good year again. Or still? No, again. Yeah, they had a bad year last year aerodynamically. I guess we're picking and... backwards now. We normally do Dark Horse Sleeper first. Matthew hasn't <laughs> been here in a while. Do we? I forgot. I'm it, sorry. Dark it's Horse? It's okay. Do you want... <laughs> we, we honestly can do things backwards because I guess it's His Dark Horse is Joey Logano. You're dark. Yes. I will not allow that. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, do you want to go favorite or dark horse first? Uh, let's let's roll with the favorites. I right. will give me Kyle Busch again. Again, Kyle Busch last week. I don't know. I feel like you did pick looked... you picked Ryan Blaney, but um, I picked he Kyle looked... Busch last week. I don't know. I, I granted it's Daytona, but he looked. I mean, he wrecked one of his cars and he got the backup and still almost won the damn race. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he looks comfortable there and. Yeah, I'm going to go Kyle Busch. I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. Um, I feel like this is a terrible pick. Um, Might be the stupidest pick I could possibly make. But I think that Stuart Haas did look very good on mile and a half towards the end of the season last year. Pretty sure that Harvick won at Michigan last year, if I recall. So I may be, again, playing the recency bias game. But um, it might be a Stuart Haas car. That ends up in victory lane, and him or Briscoe would probably be the two that I'd give the best shot at winning that too. Um, neither of them eat concrete, so that's that's a great place to start. Um, Nolan, ah uh, man, I hate saying this, but I'm gonna go with Chase Elliott. Um, that's fine. He almost he won last really, year. Yeah, he almost won. If he didn't bounce off the wall, spin, and then get walled by Kyle Larson, so. Yeah, right. Uh, so I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Chase Elliott. I think he. I think he gets it done this weekend. Okay. Um. All right. So, Methy, who's your sleeper? What is defined as a sleeper? Would like the guy that you aren't very confident that will win, but could still okay, win. So, okay. So somebody like in the uh, Ryan Priest neighborhood, or would he be considered more of a dark horse? I mean, he'd be, in my opinion, a still a dark horse range. But he's I walking that it, line for now. Yeah, yeah. he walks the yeah. line. He's he's a he's a day walker. Okay, okay. Well, in that case, I will save him for my uh, dark horse. But for my sleeper, I'm going to go with. Uh, it would. They're all either favorites or dark horses. There isn't really much of a sleeper <laughs> neighborhood anymore with the parody that's come out with a next gen car, right? Um, it's just like like you think they could win, but you're not confident enough to put like the points on the line to do it because you can lose points with the favorite pick, but you lose less points with your sleeper pick. 
So would like Ross Chastain be a sleeper? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Okay, we'll go with Ross Chastain here. You're right. I haven't been on a while. I lost order in the procedure of picking. So I also forgot what a sleeper is defined as again. I apologize. Yeah, so like basically like you can pick your favorite. So like if your favorite, like you pick Chastain and he finished in 30th, you'd lose a lot more points by picking him as your favorite. He loses. But if you pick him as a sleeper and he finishes in 30th, you don't really lose much points at all for that. Like it's like, oh, okay. So it's a gambling it's a gambling yeah. thing. It's like I, so it's not necessarily a, he's a sleeper. Don't sleep on him, but it's just one of those. Don't put as much money. Well, yeah, just way. also don't sleep on Ross Chastain. You're an idiot if you're sleeping on him. Well, that's true. So it's like, yeah. is he? Is he? Can he be defined as a sleeper? Sure. I'm just trying to work on the verbiage here. Sorry. You're good, <laughs> Kevin. Who's your sleeper? I am going to go with Tyler Reddick. I the other half of that Kyle Busch trade if you want i don't know if you want to call it that whatever that yeah, you're, situation you're, you're, I, I see what you're doing Swap. um dirt track guy ride good round fence and that's tyler reddick in a nutshell um cool i'm actually gonna switch my pick then i'm i uh, was gonna pick austin centric but i'm gonna go with chase briscoe okay um i feel like he rides the high side highlight ah, high side a little better um so yeah probably Probably should just stay in the Stuart Haas wheelhouse here. Um, Nolan. I'm going to go with Daniel Suarez as a sleeper. Uh, he finished fourth last year uh, in this race, so I think he's going he's gonna to get it done. I mean, he's coming off a really strong season, finishing top 10 points. Didn't do mm-hmm. too well in Daytona 500, but I think that uh, he keeps it up, especially with his new multi-year deal. Did he also like? Well, he was like there at the end for the um, Michigan race last year. Was that two years ago? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm gonna look that. I, up. I feel like this is a part of one of his strong suits. Like he is pretty good at these tracks. It's a good pick. Um, I know be... his first his oh. first Xfinity race win came at Michigan, beating. I Kyle remember Bush. that. Yeah, like in 2016 yep. or 2015. Um, Methy, who is your dark horse? Dark horse. I'm gonna go with Ryan Priest. All right. I feel like the dark horse is where you can easily clean up points if you get it right. Uh, I mean, Kevin. I had Pastrana oh, I'm gonna go. 11th. Sorry. Good. Yeah, right. no, I'm going to go with AJ Allmendinger because he ran really, really well at Homestead last year in that, that part-time ride. And this is another track where you got to rip it against the wall um, if you want to make speed. Not that mm-hmm. I think AJ is one of those like stereotypical guys that does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just going off a of pass info here and full time first time at a track in the cup series full time that isn't a restrictor plate track in I don't know how many years. So it'd be a great great thing obviously for the team for him to start off on a strong note. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna go uh a different direction that I've been going my picks and I'm gonna pick Noah Gragson. Okay. We'll see. We'll see how he's able to adapt. I want to see if Legacy really is for real with their full team here, because obviously you know Eric Jones is pretty for real. But that forty-two last year didn't do much of anything. So let's see if Gregson can can pull it off. I feel like this was a track he's he's decent enough at. You know he's you know we we know he's good at Homestead and tracks like that where he has to run up against the wall. Let's see how he figures this out. Uh, Nolan, I'm gonna go with uh, last week's winner, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, All right, he well, finished tenth. Yeah, he finished 10th last year at this race. So based off his past results and the momentum that he has going on, I'm going to go with him. Love that pick. All right. Um, 
Can I just make hey, a comment hey. about the sleeper picks here real quick? Yeah, go for it. Um, we all really, really slept hard since nobody picked them on Christopher Bell. Talking about yeah. riding, the, riding the wall. And dirt I mean, none of us put Larson. Yeah, well, good point. But still, I just feel like Christopher Bell is really getting slept on, especially this year after that uh, performance he put through coming to the end last year. Mm-hmm. He's, he, if he doesn't make the Final Four, I'll be surprised. Well, when Larson and Bell run one two this weekend, we can look back and say, "Damn, we're all a bunch of idiots." And I look forward to doing that. <laughs> I don't need I, to be on this I podcast to think that. <laughs> all right. Um. Anything else uh, that we want to go over for Auto Club? I am looking forward to seeing how Xfinity runs. Hopefully, JRM can clean up their act. That is going to be big to see how they rebound here. I'm saying my yes. my girlfriend's probably looking forward are going to enjoy this weekend because it's the, the final weekend before F1 and IndyCar start back up. Uh, <laughs> so he still has your attention. You enjoy it while you can. Christina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So rounding out the field, we got anything we want to round out the field with here. All right. That's been this episode. That's <laughs> I, we I don't know so what to round out the field with. I, I'm not sure what we uh, what we missed off the top of my head. Ricky Stenhouse being a brave ass man walking into a J That's true. There, the, the Florida man Waffle House Trevor Lawrence knockoff was uh, a very impressive thing. But I feel like he's not the first driver to do that. I feel like Hamlin's done that a couple times. Either the Steak and Shake, which is right down the street, I've seen that lots of times. But the Waffle House, it's like man that. That trophy could have been thrown at a worker there. You never know. <laughs> I yeah. love Waffle House. I will not hear any Waffle House slander. Oh, Waffle House is amazing. It's the clientele that are questionable. Indeed. Sponsor us, Waffle House. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Waffle House. <laughs> um, I was going to say, they, the, um, the thing they had on track with all like the Daytona 500 champions, like that CGI thing, was concept poorly executed. I will say because it was weird that the cars were going 300 miles an hour in a turn one. I will say, <laughs> um, I, I agree. They, I thought that was super weird. It was uh, it was unfortunate they didn't show more of it, and all of a sudden, like Richard Petty was casually running in 16th, and then all of a sudden won. But I like to see how he did that. You know, did, did he get another was... Mickey Mouse win? <laughs> I kept thinking that whole time that if Indy were to do something like that, they literally have all the cards there, so they don't even need to do AR. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be yes. badass. So I hope they oh, do that maybe for the, the 100th anniversary of IndyCar. I don't know. Actually, I don't know when that would be. We've already had the 100 But the 500 precedes IndyCar, technically. I mean, yeah, so, like, USAC, I guess, came around in, like, the 50s. Yeah. And then there was CART, and at first it was AAA, and then it yeah, was... Yeah, it was AAA. IRL, and, and Champ Car, and CART. Yeah, and... in 95, I think it was, and then they came back. So, now it's just... Indy, IndyCar started, the name IndyCar started in 96 with the IRL. Gotcha. And before that, it was CART. Before that, it was USAC. Did before they, that, it what, was AAA. What did they call an IndyCar then before, like, the IndyCar series? Was it just called, like, an open-wheel American car? The big car. The big car. The big one. 
No, that's that's it. It was a big car. There was midgets and big cars, and they ran sprint cars evolved to into sprint cars, and then the indie cars we know of today evolved from there. It was like a uh, yeah. evolutionary split. That is wild. I just always felt like they just called them indie cars for like the just the last hundred years, and I didn't realize that was such well, they, a more recent term. And they were the big cars that ran at Indy. You ran the big cars at Indy. And then yeah. they started running, and then it was, they f- moved the engine to the back. They started adding wings. It's like, okay, that's an Indy car now. And then the big cars turned into uh, Silver Crown or Sprint cars, I believe. I could be mistaken, but that sounds right to me from what I've read. Fair enough. Learn, learn something new every day. Um, Let's see here. Lucas Oil is sponsoring Kyle Busch at Auto Club. That does look like a cool car, by the way. I really have to uh, give credit. I like that scheme. Um, White and blue cars, man, just look good. They do. Um, not really that much else to say. Hopefully, less commercials this week. I won't know. You guys, <laughs> let me know. Drop the stream. Oh, have, you guys, <laughs> have you guys tried it first? By the way, the, tried the what? Coke, the, the 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 Coke Zero, whatever it's called. Like the I need to try commercial it first. Where the, yeah, that thing. Apparently that was going buy, on like crazy. I think I'm going to go out and buy a Pepsi just so I don't have to deal with it. I wore my Pepsi 400 hat specifically to the track on um, reverse on A, fire hat. B, I'm sick of Coca-Cola commercials. <laughs> Neither here nor there, though. We, we get sponsored by Coca-Cola. I will. You'll never see that Pepsi hat ever again. Um, I don't have anything else. Y'all got anything? I'm out. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Make sure to check out all the podcasts on the Rogue Media Family Network, including uh, subscribing to ours on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also just favorite the link for um, our podcast on Rogue Media Network. Um, Make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and Twitter at LTLN Podcast to get a bunch of updates and stuff like that. You can follow our picks all season. Um, probably, we could probably do some... How was your gambling um, podcast, by the way, Kevin? Did you get to do that? I did not, but I won all my bets this Ooh. weekend, and that's what matters. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Nice, I know a lot of people who cannot say the same thing. Um, but yeah, uh, until next time, I have been Anthony. I have been Kevin. I have been I've been Nolan. Nah, we did it at the same time. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> You guys thought you, you guys think you're so funny. All right, Matthew, you go I'm first. Sorry. I'm still Matthew. I'm Nolan. Thank you guys for listening. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.